Welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carol and Cash. The show that keeps you updated with what's happening in the world of royalty, from the British royal family through to the aristocracy and current events from around the royal world. Hello and welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carol and Cash. Coming up on this week's show, we have news of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's brief stop in Sydney and arrival in Wellington, New Zealand, and Little Prince George being the star attraction. On Right Royal Roundup, time now for a British Royal Family Update. News and views from Buckingham Palace. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge with baby Prince George briefly touched down in Sydney early last Monday morning to change flights. They had travelled aboard a Qantas flight from London before they transferred to a Royal Air New Zealand Air Force jet at Kingsford Smith Airport. Their Royal Highnesses landed in a wet and windy Wellington after their flight was delayed for nearly half an hour due to fog. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge arrived at Government House with a traditional Maori greeting. The Maori topless female dancers were told to cover up and the men to wear black undies to avoid embarrassing William and Kate. We are now seeing the official welcoming ceremony at Government House in Wellington for the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge by Governor-General Sir Jerry Matapare and Lady Janine Matapare. The royal couple are now watching the traditional Maori greeting. Rongatai colleague are now performing the haka. The Defence Force bands are now playing the national anthem God Defend New Zealand. Now Pokari Kariana. As you can tell, it's really windy. Meanwhile, Prince George was taken upstairs with Governor General Sir Jerry and Lady Janine Matapare's niece. According to reports, both babies were watching the ceremonial welcome from an upstairs window. A group of schoolboys from Rongatai College performed the haka and Defence Force bands performed Pokare Karayana, God Save the Queen and the New Zealand National Anthem. On Tuesday, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Prince George rested in a private getaway prior to their hectic tour of travelling around New Zealand and flying to Australia. Some reports claimed that they were staying at a luxury resort, Wherry Cow Hull Lodge in Palliser Bay, which is at the southern end of the North Island, about one and a half hours' drive from Wellington. On Wednesday, nine-month-old Prince George attended his first royal engagement at Government House. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge met ten families, organised by parent support group Plunkett, and the babies who were born around the same time as Prince George last year. 
the parents had the opportunity to share experiences with the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge about the trials and tribulations of raising their first babies. Plunkett is a non-profit organisation which helps more than 90% of babies born in New Zealand with free childcare advice, home visits and other services including child car seat rental. Dennis Symes from Plunkett said the parents were from different backgrounds and they were chosen because the babies were born within a few weeks of Prince George. However, Prince George seemed rather wary about the big blue Plunkett bear which was presented to him. However, he was crawling on the floor in pursuit of toys after the Duchess entangled those little fingers from her hair. Like most babies, he even threw some toys on the floor. He was also trying to pull himself up so it won't be long until he starts walking. That was said to be the first time that Prince George had played with babies in such a large group. Prince George has started crawling a month earlier than his father did when Prince William visited with the Prince and Princess of Wales in 1983. According to sources, Prince George has four or five teeth coming through, is now eating solids and sleeping better at night. To keep up to date with the Royal Visit in Australia and New Zealand, follow us on Twitter at RightRoyalRound or on our Facebook page. The official hashtags for William Kate and Prince George's Royal Tour Down Under are hash Royal Visit NZ and hash Royal Visit Oz, that's A-U-S. Visit Right Royal Roundup on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup. Or you can check out our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au. Australia Post celebrates the Queen's 88th birthday by releasing two new stamps available from Tuesday the 8th of April. These stamps were designed by John White from the Australia Post Design Studio. The photo of the Queen on the 70 cent stamp was taken by Christopher Furlong of Getty Images when she viewed a parade in the West Midlands as part of her Diamond Jubilee in 2012. The $2.60 stamp features a portrait of the Queen at Royal Ascot in 2013 which was taken by Stuart Wilson. The Queen's official birthday is celebrated in June here in Australia except in Western Australia where it occurs in September. The Royal Military College at Duntroon honours the Queen's birthday with an annual ceremony. The Queen was actually born on the 21st of April in 1926 and was christened Elizabeth Alexander Mary. She was the eldest daughter of the Duke and Duchess of York who later became King George VI and Queen Elizabeth. The Queen and Prince Philip were en route to Australia in 1952 when she was informed of her father's death. The royal visit was postponed when Queen Elizabeth and the Duke of Edinburgh immediately returned to London for King George VI's funeral. Two years later, Queen Elizabeth made her first royal visit in 1954 and has visited 16 times until her last visit in 2011. The stamps include a miniature sheet, first day cover, stamp pack and two maxi cards. Visit your local Australia Post retail outlet via mail order on 1800 331 794 and online at www.ozpost.com.au forward slash stamps. Hurry, they are available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. 
Now crossing live to the throne. Prince Andrew has taken the first royal selfie in Britain. However, he isn't the first as Grand Duchess Anastasia, daughter of Tsar Nicholas II of Russia, took one nearly 100 years ago using a mirror and her Kodak Brownie box camera. The photo can be seen on our website at www.rightroyalroundup.com.au and go to this week's show, Podcast 5. Prince Andrew is the first member of the British royal family to take a selfie, although Prince Charles was persuaded to be in one by a schoolboy during a recent royal visit to flood victims in Yolding in Kent. He succeeded where actress Joan Collins failed to persuade Prince Charles to participate in a star-studded selfie in London the week before. For any royal information heard on today's show, check us out at rightroyalroundup.com.au. The Queen visited Pope Francis at the Vatican last week. This was the first time she and Prince Philip had met him as they had not visited the Vatican for about 30 years. It had been planned for last year but postponed when the Queen had gastroenteritis. The Pope and the Queen exchanged gifts which included one for Prince George, an ornamental orb with his name engraved on it. The gift from the Queen included a hamper with British produce including a bottle of whisky from Balmoral which Prince Philip was happy to point out to the pontiff. Previously the Queen wore black which the Pope said was unnecessary so she wore a lilac outfit which she had previously worn during her Diamond Jubilee two years ago. On Right Royal Roundup, we now go back in time for some Right Royal Regal History. Did you know that it was 300 years since the first German king ascended the British throne? An exhibition will be held in the Queen's Gallery at Buckingham Palace from Friday the 11th of April to Sunday the 12th of October to mark this very important tercentenary. It explores the patronage and tastes of the first two Hanoverian monarchs, George I and George II, with over 300 works on display. Actually, it was four kings which gave the Georgian period its name. This was one of the most dramatic periods of British history with the dawn of a new dynastic age with its culture, fashion and music. It was also the time of the Industrial Revolution and the government led by a Prime Minister beginning with Sir Robert Walpole. Both George I and George II were patrons of the great composer George Frederick Handel, who was best known for his water music, The Messiah, and he wrote four anthems for the coronation of King George II, including this one in 1727.
Zadok the priest has been performed at every British coronation ever since, traditionally during the anointing of the sovereign. It is also played at the Royal Maundy service at Westminster Abbey at the Queen's request. It was also performed at royal weddings, including that of Mary Donaldson to Crown Prince Frederick of Denmark in 2004. The Protestant George, Elector of Hanover, inherited the throne when his cousin and last of the Stuart monarchs, Queen Anne, died in 1714. George's mother Sophia was a granddaughter of James I, but she died a few months before Queen Anne. He became king under the Act of Settlement of 1701, confirming the inheritance on his mother and her Protestant descendants. George I, when he arrived in London, could not speak any English, but he was unpopular for putting his wife in prison for life after she was caught committing adultery with a handsome Swedish nobleman whilst he flaunted his greedy and ugly mistresses at court to accompany George to England after he ascended the throne. He defeated the Jacobite Rebellion in 1715 as they planned to put Queen Anne's half-brother, known as James III, or the Old Pretender, on the throne. Also, the Hanoverians were notorious for their massive family feuds. However, with George II, it was his wife, Caroline of Ansbach, who was the real power behind the throne. What's that old saying about behind a great man, there is a fantastic woman? Definitely applied. And George III, who was King of Great Britain, when Australia was settled in 1788. And it was his son, George, who became the Prince Regent, who ruled during when George III was incapable to rule during mental health issues. And when he died, his son became George IV. Following George IV, there was his brother, William IV, who married Queen Adelaide, whom the capital of South Australia was named in her honour. However, the Georgian kings still ruled Hanover, but when Queen Victoria inherited the throne, she was unable to become Queen of Hanover because of the Salic law. For more details, visit www.rightroyalroundup.com.au and click on Podcast 5. That's all we have for this week. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. Tune in next week for more of the latest royal news from around the world. And don't forget to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup or visit our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au.